read tonight from the book of Hebrews in chapter 2. And the first four verses, Hebrews 2, 1 through 4. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the words spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. Appreciate so much about the gospel. Looking at these verses, I'm, I know that God loves us very much, so much that he gives us an appropriate caution, an admonition, a warning with encouragement that we should earnestly take heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any times we should let them slip. Thankful that God can keep us if we want to be kept. God does the greater part, no question about that. In the margin of my Thompson Study Bible, next to the text, give the more earnest heed, is the word forgetfulness. And it's a theme, as I thought about this, it's found throughout the Bible. The theme of forgetfulness, the encouragement to remember. In the book of Deuteronomy, as Moses was leading the people as they wandered through the wilderness, and, and it came to that point in time where Joshua would soon take over and lead them into the promised land, Moses encouraged Israel to make it a point to remember the miracles that God had done for them. Great and wonderful miracles. I suppose in one sense it made a lot of sense for Moses to do that because a generation had, many of a generation had passed off the scene and had died and another generation was there. I think regardless of that, Moses would have said the same thing, reminded the people to never forget uh, what had God had done for them. Remember the commandments that God gave to them at Mount Sinai. Remember how he required obedience of them. And remember God's promise to lead them over to Canaan. Keep these things fresh in your memory, we might say. Time has a way of diminishing our memory, and it becomes more difficult to remember details. And I've observed, along with my wife of 40 years, that forgetfulness seems to come naturally as we get older. However, we still wonder why we can remember things from 25 years ago as clear as a bell, or as though it just happened, 
But we have difficulty remember, remembering what we had for dinner just a couple nights prior. It finally comes to us, and it seems to come to us in the middle of the night. You wake up, and, and you remember. That's not the best time to remember, though. Experts call that short-term memory loss. And um, I, I, I find it especially annoying when I am done using my reading glasses and I do something with them. And I say, hey, honey, have you seen my glasses? And the experts call that real, real short-term memory loss. I do find that annoying. But that's just part of it. It's a continual part of my life, of your life, I'm sure. A few years back, we had a garage sale. And there were others helping us at that garage sale. We were going to go to youth camp, and we were, we did this every year there in Sacramento, except for one. We really got tired, and we finally said we're not going to do it one year, but we did it every other year, and um, people would bring stuff. Uh, I'd never seen so much stuff, and it was just all in our front yard. It wouldn't even fit in our garage. It was a garage sale and a yard sale, and there were people helping us, and it was my job at a certain point to go order lunch from Subway Sandwich Shop. And, and uh, my wife gave me a list of what to order and for who it was for. And, and I went in the house to get my keys and get my wallet, and I had set the list down on the table, picked up my other things, and I left. And I was almost to Subway, and I realized that I didn't have the list. Well, that's just an inconvenience cost me some time. Our lunch uh, was late. But forgetfulness or absent-mindedness can lead to other costs in the practical sense. But in the spiritual sense, it can have a big cost too. We like the conveniences of, of setting in a reminder on our electronic device, our phone, our, our tablet, I know I use that quite a bit. It's a real help. I, my phone syncs with my iPad, and I've been in the house, and I hear one ding and then the other ding, and reminds me that I have to go do something. What a, what a convenience uh, that is. And I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is faithful in, in a similar way to where when we need to uh, remember something, we need to remember uh, that uh, uh, we need to pray. A simple little thing, a small little thing, we take it for granted. We need to remember that we need to look to the Word of God uh, for help in time of need. God has a way of, of impressing that upon our heart, upon our mind much like a, a reminder that we get uh, from the calendar on our phone. The Lord knows that we can be forgetful. Uh, he is mindful of that, too. He is gracious and kind and considerate of that. And we are given the admonition to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time 
or we should let them slip. I think about some of the things that we have heard, the gospel presented to us in the true form, uh, not watered down. Uh, We've heard here at church, I have heard all my life, how Jesus died for my sins. And I knew that in my mind. But one day, just like my wife and just like you, I knelt at an altar of prayer, and then I really knew that Jesus died for my sin when I experienced salvation. My sins were washed away. I was forgiven. I had peace and joy in my heart that is difficult to explain. And from that day forward, I have not wanted to turn back to the old way, to the old paths. Nonetheless, God has reminded me from time to time to give the more earnest heed, lest we let things slip. I think of a boat uh, losing its moorings, a boat tied to a dock or anchored out in the water, and it loses its connection and it begins to drift. Back in my 20s, I... I worked for Brother Larry Buckland for a few years, and and I really enjoyed working for him. And one of the reasons is is because he would take me fishing, and not just every now and then. And we went we fished quite a bit during the winter when work was slow, and I was just happy to do that to go fishing. And we would load up the boat and and a few of us, and we'd head up the Columbia River and to a park just west of Bonneville Dam called Dodson Park. And I, I remember as we would drive the highway, and, and I'm still impressed by this today, and, you, and you're driving I-84, and you look out at the Columbia River, it's such a peaceful-looking river. But I learned quickly as I fished out there that once you get out on the, out on the water, it's a different story. You, you get out into the current, uh, and, and the current will carry the boat downstream at a fast pace. And it was my job, partly, to throw out the anchor. And I would do that. And we would be fishing for a while, and we would suddenly become aware uh, that we were drifting. The current was so strong. And sometimes uh, it would be so subtle that we weren't sure, and we would have to look at a place on the bank, a fixed point, and we could notice that if the boat was drifting, we would move a little bit relative to that fixed point. And each time, we had to do the same thing. Had to pull in the anchor, start the the boat, and reposition the boat, and cast the anchor out again. And sometimes on a fishing trip, we might do that three or four times due to the, the swift current. I learned that There's not much control in a boat when you're in a swift current. And the same is with the currents that run through this world. Personally, we don't have much control about that, but we serve the Lord who is in control. And I'm thankful that we can take that earnest heed, take that extra care to to listen to the Lord when he impresses upon our heart that there is a danger of drifting, or you need to reposition your anchor, you need to set your anchor so that it holds fast. I'm thankful that there is an anchor for the soul. In our walk 
with the Lord, we're cautioned to take heed. Christians can drift away from the Lord. I, I think about drifting. It doesn't necessarily imply a, a deliberate walking away from the Lord. It's not a, an attempt to get away. It's a, it's a passive action at times, carried by the current, pushed along uh, by the wind, losing ability to chart a course, drifting along. Back in 2012, I, uh, following the news, I, I learned of a, of a cruise ship mishap, a terrible accident actually over off the coast of Italy, the Costa Concordia. And the ship apparently had been given permission to sail close to one of the islands on the west coast of Italy there in the Mediterranean. However, the captain made a fatal error. He sailed too close into an uncharted strip of water and the ship uh, hit rocks and tore a hole below the waterline. And it didn't take but a few minutes and the, the engine room was flooded out and they lost power. Apparently they still had a little rudder control but as soon as they lost power to the engine, the shift the ship began to drift. And the current or the wind carried them out off the rocks into deep water. The ship was listing. And then by some miraculous turn of events, the Lord's hand involved, the ship drifted back in and settled on the rocks. There still was a loss of life due to the impact. But had the ship gone down, in deep water, it would have been even more of a tragedy. What an impression that makes as to the danger of drifting in a physical sense. But some people make shipwreck of their lives when they don't follow the Lord. Some people can find themselves drifting in treacherous water when they don't look to the Lord for help and guidance. But God has a remedy for that. He said to take earnest heed. Turn to the Lord. Look to God. He will help in a situation where we need help. Have you ever thought that when we drift, it always seems to be away and not toward? I think there's a spiritual application there also. When we drift a little bit due to Luke, being lukewarm or nonchalant and not serious about the gospel, it seems like the drifting just takes us a little away from the Lord, further away uh, from the gospel. Those are those currents that are in the world that have a pull upon the church. It does, we never drift toward godliness. We don't drift toward holiness. Uh, we don't drift toward a, a, a deeper prayer life or a, a closer walk with God. We have to make and be active and, and seek the Lord. It takes great effort. It takes diligence. We have to take heed. God will help us. I once saw an article that the title caught my attention. Unlikely as uphill erosion. That's kind of an interesting title. 
It caught my eye. Well, just as uphill erosion is unlikely, we won't drift our way to heaven. We won't drift our way uh, uh, into heaven. Why is it that way? We need to know that we need God. God will answer prayer when we come to him with an honest heart. We need to continue in the gospel way. Jesus said to the Jews that believed on him in John 8, 31, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. May God help us to continue. May God help us to make a decision to, to persevere in this fight of faith that we have. The Bible tells us that we have an anchor of the soul, sure and steadfast. That's what God has for us. A sure and steadfast anchor. May God bless us as we come and pray tonight.